Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I got to admit, last week it was fun to take a little break from stocks and learn about NFTs and talk about crypto and and some of the high growth names we've discussed in the past. And then also full disclosure, I you know, I made that Zcash trade during the last podcast, bought Zcash at 150. Wow, that thing really took off and rode that baby up for a couple days and uh just unloaded that transaction for 174. That was just a fun quick trade and uh, just wanted to let uh, the Gaines listeners know uh, w- what came of that that transaction. So, thanks again to Bill Ulaveri on that one, and uh, love love bottom fishing uh, for crypto. So now it's time to shift back to stocks, back to markets. You know, we talk about the Dow theory a lot, and the Dow theory right now, even though the Dow had a pretty decent week last week, popping off those lows is still bearish. So we're going to bring on Chuck Carlson today, and we're going to talk stocks and check back in on the Dow Theory. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gains. Okay, so we're going to bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. How you doing? Good. I'm good, Andy. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. To get the conversation started today, um, we've talked about this for weeks now. The Dow Theory is bearish. Full disclosure, um, I got to tell you, I, I, I like that we've been talking about the Dow theory, Chuck, because it did give us the heads up that there was some downside. Now, we've popped a little bit off of uh, some recent lows, but uh, the Dow theory has been a good indicator so far. So I'll just let you kind of take it from there. Uh, explain, just remind the gains audience when it turned bearish and uh, what has happened since then. So just a a real brief uh, recap. The Dow Theory looks at the performance of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transportation Average, and from the movements of those two averages discerns whether the market's primary trend is bullish or bearish. Dow Theory's been around since the the late 1890s. My firm has been using it uh, since 1946. And while no market tool is infallible, it has pretty good track record, and it pays to, to listen when there are some pretty definitive signals coming from it. And we had a fairly definitive signal on February 22nd of this year 
when both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transportation Averages cut through and closed below what we had determined to be significant low points. So we had lower lows in both the industrials and transports on a closing basis on February 22nd, thus triggering a bearish signal under the Dow theory. You know, since then, you've had uh, the market went a little bit lower. Uh, the transports went lower on February 23rd. The industrials went lower and, and bottomed out on March 8th. And since March 8th, you've had pretty aggressive rallies in both the Dow Industrials and Dow Transportation Average. Uh, I know uh, a number of folks out there are probably wondering, you know, is, is, was that it? Is, are we there yet? And there being a market bottom. You know, my point, Andy, would be it's, it's possible, but typically bear markets aren't measured in weeks. Uh, you know, and again, we just went bearish February 22nd. They tend to be measured in, in months, uh, if not years. Now, more recent bear markets have been shorter, but they still have been in, measured in months, not weeks. And, and really, we're still kind of measuring this thing in days since the February 23rd, uh, you know, it's, 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 well, I guess it'll be a, a or 22nd. I guess it's it's about a month. Yeah, it's a month on the dot. Hey, one thing I really wanted to throw in there real quick is, um, the, you know, it the Dow theory turned bearish on February 22nd. Russia invaded Ukraine February 24th. Another example of this the charting and this stuff kind of telling you how things are or things that are happening in advance. Yeah, again, it tends to, to be forward-looking, and, and it, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily predict everything. But, I mean, the markets are forward-looking, and the Dow theory, you know, because it uses those indices, will tend, tend to be kind of forward-looking as well. Now, you know, one of the things under the Dow theory is, and, and you see this, you know, just as there are significant declines during bull markets, um, you can have pretty significant rallies during bear markets. These are kind of bear market rallies. Uh, they tend to last anywhere from about three weeks to three months, and they can be pretty aggressive. And, and right now, that's kind of what the Dow Theory is saying that, that we're in, is uh, you know we, we got the lows, the market went a bit lower, and now we got the inevitable kind of rally here, and it's been pretty aggressive, and it's it's been – you know, it does what rallies do within bear markets is kind of gives you pause and think, well, maybe this is the, the beginning of the, of, of the next move up. Now, you know, it could be, but I think in order for the Dow theory to turn bullish, you will still need significant retests of the previous lows in the Dow industrials and the Dow transports, um, you know, and, and, and that, that tends to take some time. So, you know, again, I don't want to necessarily say that, you know, this isn't the beginning of an onward and upward move in the market. And, and maybe the Dow theory was wrong this time. And what we thought was a bear market signal turned out to be just a uh, or turns out to be just kind of a correction within an ongoing bull market. But again, a couple of things. One, the signal was pretty definitive and pretty clear. Two, um, you know, the backdrop when you get back to those three major engines of market moves, which, you know, you and I have talked about ad nauseum, but the reason we've talked about them ad nauseum is because it matters. And those are corporate profits, inflation, and interest rates. When you look at those three things, you kind of see a market situation that's probably neutral, tilting, bearish. Inflation is certainly bearish. 
Uh, interest rates are probably neutral, but potentially tilting bearish. And then finally, corporate profits, which have been really the big bullish pillar to this market, are probably still bullish, but I think probably starting to tilt toward neutral. So that kind of gives you this 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 framework of a neutral tilting toward bearish market. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a market that is going to crater, but it also doesn't isn't necessarily the backdrop for a market that's going to go on a sustained run. So, uh, you know, we might get a little bit more strength here, but I still believe uh, we will get reasonable retests of those previous lows, the February 23rd low in the case of the Dow Transports and that March 8th low in the case of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And, and you know, the contrarian in me also uh, is looking at this and saying, wow, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a, a pullback um, off those original highs. And, you know, everywhere I read, oh, well, that's it. You know, we're done. Okay. You know, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, up, up higher from here. And that, you know, often we talk about how the market, I know it's cliche, the market climbs a wall of worry. Uh, I think it's a concerning thing to me when I'm reading out there that, oh, yeah, this is just the blip and we're ready to go. And as we said, this was a pullback and it's here and we're done and we're ready to move forward. And uh, I, I find that very interesting. That makes me kind of, when I hear that, a little more bearish. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly... I know people get antsy, and, and you know, hi, recent history is such that, you know, bear markets tend to be pretty short. And I mean, like, look at know, the last one. We, we've talked about that. It was so short, and we've talked about compression, but my gosh, talk about compression. And it's just like me hitting you up on, uh, you know, to the Gaines listeners, they probably didn't know this, but I'm calling Chuck Monday morning. Hey, where are we at, Chuck? Is this it? Is, it, is this all in? He's like, well, you know, let it breathe a little bit. But it kind of explains. Well, I mean, you that. know, and the last, the, you know, the last market um, decline, you know, really that was March of 2020 at the beginning of COVID. And yes, it was short. Uh, but if you go back and look at that, it was short, but man, it was violent. I mean, in 27 trading days, Andy, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went down almost 11,000 points. So in 27 trading days. So, you, yes, that was a short bear market, but, but it was definitely a bear market in terms of Violent. how bad it bit you. And, yeah. you know, here, you know, we, you know, the markets, it really hasn't had that much of a bite. Yes, there are individual stocks that have come down pretty sharply. Yes, there are certain sectors that have come down sharply. But if you look at the indexes, you know, they, they, they really haven't done a whole lot to the downside, especially after the rally that we've had. You now, barely again, call it a correction, right? I mean, it really right. actually, so, especially after we've come back a little bit, when you look at the net-net, I mean, we really haven't sold off much. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. So, so you know, uh, somebody may look at that and, and go, well, that, that's the perfect argument why this isn't a, bull mar- isn't a bear market. And, and the, you know, ultimately that may turn out to be the case. But, you know, I, I think that you, you, need to kinda, you need to be a patient here and need to kind of give this a chance. And, and the big reason, quite frankly, and the one factor that is in the mix here in this, in this market situation that hasn't been in the mix for decades, quite frankly, is the inflation story. You know, if you go back and look at previous, you know, bear markets and, and corrections and things like that, you know, inflation – what wasn't really an, an issue. It was, you know, it was valuations. It was, you know, uh, recessions. 
you know, the, that inflation that we have right now, that, you know, I mean, we haven't seen inflation like that in 40 years. And maybe it is going to be short-lived, and maybe the supply chains are going to get all squared away by the end of the year. And maybe, you know, Ukraine, Russia doesn't have a lasting impact on, on inflation. And, and maybe, 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 um, you know, maybe wage inflation isn't going to continue to run at, you know, 4 to 5%. But, you know, and, and maybe the Fed's going to be able to engineer a soft landing by raising rates and not crashing the economy. But, well, and sp- especially since they've read uh, economic conditions so well, com- you know, as as we've gotten here. And I'm being facetious, right, where, obviously. This was supposed to be transitory. So, right. you know, maybe all those things do come turn out, and, and presumably— you know, if that's the case, then then you know maybe we have seen peak inflation, and, and that's not going to be an issue. And maybe it is going to be on or an upward. And I don't want to dis, you know I don't want to discredit. Maybe that's going to be the case. And and you know, quite frankly, that's also one of the reasons why we don't do all or you know we're not all or nothing players when it comes to you know the Dow theory. But you know we'll take some we'll take some money off the table, but you know we're we're still. You know, we're not zero percent invested in stock. Unlike having, unlike you know, the gains listeners, where uh, you know we've taken every dollar we have and all of a sudden shorted the market. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding, right? No, that's a good point, and 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 that's a great point that you make. Is you've never been an all or nothing shop. No, and and so, but I, I think that you know you you still need to respect the the setup here. You need to respect the the, the Dow theory signal. You need to kind of acknowledge. Um, that there are issues out there, and um, and and it and, and it doesn't hurt to maybe play it a little bit close to the vest. The 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 biggest silver lining I see in the market right now, quite frankly, is the, the action of the Dow Jones Transportation Average. Which, you know, if you go back and look, the the, the Dow Jones Transportation Average, which is is one of the, the the most, if not the most, economically sensitive index there is and oftentimes a leading indicator for the broad market, that bottomed on February 23rd. But when the rest of the, when the industrials in the S&P 500 continued to move lower, it didn't. And it then has staged a pretty aggressive move. And when you look at where that is now relative to its all-time high, you know, it might only be about four percentage points off its all-time high. So, you know, I, that, I can't ignore what's going on there. And, but, and, and, and and transports are always often a major major leading indicator. And, and explain that are. real quick too. Yeah, well, because of their, you know, the, the, so many. I mean, transportation stocks are, are impacted by so many different economic variables. You know, whether it's wages, whether it's fuel prices, whether it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's labor, whether it's consumer demand, institutional demand, international demand. It. You know, they, they really cover a lot of spaces. And, you know, and it is interesting that, you know, you've got oil at, uh, you know, over 100 hours a barrel and, you know, transportation stocks by definition are pretty should be pretty sensitive to right. that. And, yes, and yet you've had this very robust rally. Now, the, the rally that we've seen in the, the transports still is consistent with the, the types of rallies you can get during bear markets. So, you know, in that regard, it, you know, it is still consistent with that. But, you know, if you and I are having a conversation, you know, four to six weeks from now, and those transports have held the, their February 23rd lows and have continued to kind of push the envelope higher, 
you know, that that will kind of call into question, the, you know, the bear market signal under the Dow theory. So, you know, th- that is silver lining. And, and hey, listen, you know, I, I would be the first to acknowledge and, and almost welcome being wrong, <laughs> the Dow theory being wrong. Right, right. right. You know, who wants to be that guy that's like, yeah, well, I told you so, the market fell down 25%. But, I, you know, it's too soon to make that call. Um, but, again, if, if there is a silver lining here, I think it is the action of the Dow Jones Transportation Average, which has really come flying off that bottom. Looks pretty strong. Doing it in the face, again, of $100 plus oil. And uh, so that is an index that, that, you know, is worth watching. A lot of people... My guess is your your games listeners, you know, nobody else comes on this thing and talks about the Dow Jones transportation average because most people don't even pay attention to it. Right. You ought to. And right now, it is to me the the most interesting index there is out there to give me some idea of of where we might be headed. If in fact you have, if in fact the, the, the transports have an about face after this rally and they go down and go below that February twenty third low. You know that is that is going to be a significant negative for the market. So how they perform here over the next four to six weeks is going to be pretty vital. Well, and you know even though we're getting a lot of mixed signals and nothing is a hundred percent, I mean, but the Dow theory has has a pretty decent track record. And if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. So using that Dow theory and its track record. Um, you know, it, it it is very helpful, and I agree with you 100%, especially with energy and all the different things going on right now. The Dow is super interesting. Now, we're going to go to a break here real quick, but before we do so, um, you know, for the Gaines listeners, grab your pen and paper real quick because um, we're going to talk plays on the other side of the break. Um, real quick, Chuck, why don't we go through the Dow Industrial high and low levels and the Dow Transport's high and low levels, and let's just get some levels to uh, watch down on paper right now, and then we can talk about plays and all that other stuff on the other side of the break. So give us what, what you see as far as Dow theory levels. Yeah, and, and the Dow Jones Transportation Average, the, the, the important level on the downside and, and we're still kind of exploring the upward level here, but the, the, the level on the downside is the February 23rd low, which is 14,523.47. That's 14,523.47. On the industrials, the, the, the low that's, that's worth considering is the March 8th low. That is 32,632.64. 32. 632.64. Those are the lows that you would really like to see held here um, in order for the, the, the Dow theory to, 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 well, indeed to turn bullish. You're going to need at least one of those lows to hold for the Dow theory to, to eventually turn bullish. So and, and those, those, are, those are worth watching. Okay, so the, and those are real well-established bottoms. You mentioned on the upside, we're 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 still kind of establishing that a little bit, right? Yeah, there is, correct. There is not a, a, an upside level that if the the both of the indices went through, that you would say, oh, it's it's a bull market. Now, you you can make an argument if if for example, uh, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average decided to go above its all time high um, of what is that all time high? The all time high is thirty six. 
799. If it closed above that and the and the Dow transports simultaneously closed at their all-time high, uh, which is a little over 17,000, I'll give that to you here. It's uh, 17039. If if you if this rally just all of a sudden just blew past the previous all-time highs you'd have to really question the Dow Theory's uh, signal as a bear market at that point because, you know, it, <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have all-time highs and two averages, and, uh, you know, that would, that would be a little tough to sit there and say you're bearish when you see that. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, if, if, I think what's happening right now is the market's trying to establish uh, those, those rally highs then what you'll see is a retest of the lows. If you have a successful retest that does not go through the lower lows, and then you have a rally that, that exceeds the rally highs being established here, that's the beginning of a bull market under the Dow theory. So, you know, that's, that's, so we're, we're trying to establish what the, high, the rally high is going to be, and that next level the market will have to get above after it does its retest. And one point to make here, too, that's very important is these levels we talk about about aren't intraday they are closes that's right down theory works on closes good point andy so yes you need you need closes uh you know below those levels or above those levels to to be meaningful under the down theory all right we're going to be right back with uh chuck carlson continue the uh conversation also talk about plays um i'll give chuck his plugs on the other side of the break hey real quick um be sure to subscribe follow and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's an option for you. And then, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when new episodes, uh, new gains episodes drop. Um, We drop gains episodes on Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings, so keep an eye out for them to be dropped then. Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings. We just kind of changed our schedule a little bit. Okay, we're going to be right back with Chuck Carlson. We're going to talk Dow Theory and how to, to play all of this. We'll be right back. If you enjoy learning about communities, culture, and history, then Shades of the City podcast is for you. We will bring you stories like the legacy of Johnson Publishing Company, most notably known for Jet and Ebony magazines. Basically what the world said African-American people could not do, these magazines proved otherwise. Subscribe now to Shades of the City on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Chuck is also author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. Um, As always, plug time uh, for you, Chuck. You you have a great website that kind of uh, is more attractive to the gains listener, and I'll have you share that and anything else that you want to plug. Go ahead, Chuck. Sure. The, 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 uh, we we uh, publish a newsletter on our publishing side of our business called Upside, and you can learn more about that at UpsideStocks.com. It's a newsletter that focuses on small and mid-cap stocks, uh, uh, a lot of names that typically fly under the radar, and, and uh, it does, you know, I'm biased, but I think it does an excellent job of finding uh, those sorts of stocks that, uh, you know, are today's small stocks, but could be tomorrow's blue chips. So that's Upside, uh, UpsideStocks.com is the website. And if you go to the website, UpsideStocks.com, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial to the newsletter. So that's UpsideStocks.com. Are those more like Russell 2000-type stocks that are just smaller, that are sitting under the radar? A lot of those do very, very well. It's budding companies. Is that the kind of uh, stocks that you're talking about? Yes, yeah. yes. A lot of the stocks would be in the Russell 2000, um, and you know, typically market caps anywhere from uh, you know two to three hundred million to up to five billion. So, uh, you know, primarily smaller companies in the Russell 2000. You might see some creep into the um, you know the, the Russell 1000, but by and large, these are these are small companies uh, that uh, I uh, you know the names aren't household names in most cases, but uh, you know, we focus on quality in that space. So these are companies that are making money, typically companies uh, with, uh, with, with pretty attractive valuations and with pretty good growth prospects. Could you give me one name that would sit on that list, just as a little teaser for our audience today, one name that sits on that list that you're like, yeah, this is, this is kind of compelling. We might, maybe even a name we're not even familiar with is, is sure, sorry. To, yeah. I, I mean, there's a, couple um you know i like uh matson m-a-t-x it's a uh, a shipping company that does a lot of shipping via the pacific asia so forth they do a lot of uh shipping in in the hawaii area uh that stock's done quite well but it's a stock that uh, you know a transportation related stock that i think is still has plenty of upside if you're looking for something in the technology space uh, Atlas Technologies, the symbol ACLS, is in the uh, one of those uh, semiconductor spaces, 
and uh, it's a stock that uh, that we like and, and expect to do pretty well, and it has done pretty well. So that's Matson, M-A-T-X is the symbol, and uh, Axel, uh, Excellus Technologies, I never pronounce it correctly, it's A-C-L-S is a symbol, and just in, in full disclosure, you know, our, our clients do on both of those stocks typically. All right. Well, thanks for those two little picks that might not be on everybody's radar. Okay, so now, you know, we established establish those lows, and just a, a, a recap, the Dow transports, 14,523, uh, and then the low for the Dow industrials, yeah, 32,632, basically. So um, we have those lows in. Now, we have seen a recent pop. Actually, uh, last week was pretty decent market, or a pretty decent week for the market, especially the Dow, um, well, across the board. But um, so where do we go from now, or where do we go from here, and what what other are there areas you're looking? Are you nippling? What's your what's your play here, and and what's your play for uh, your customers as well, your clients? Yeah, we've done a we've we've done a bit a little bit more in the energy space. We try to take advantage of some periodic dips, and we've we've added to the energy exposure. I mean, now we've got some energy related stocks in the portfolio include EOG, uh, DVN, which is Devon Energy. Uh, MTDR, which is Matador Resources, which is one of those kind of small cap stocks that I'm sure nobody's ever heard of. That that that's an interesting stock in that space. Um, so we've beefed up that that exposure a little bit. Um, I, I think that there's uh, you know an opportunity in some of the the, the mega cap uh, stocks that are still trading at pretty attractive values. You know, one that we like quite a bit when you kind of go through the you know the the framework. You know what stock? What are types of stocks that I think are interesting stocks in this type of environment? Well, one, I don't think you want to overpay, so you want something with value. But two, you want something that's still growing. Three, you want operating momentum, and then four, it wouldn't hurt to throw a little dividend yield in there to provide additional downside support. And a stock that really fits that bill is, is Qualcomm QCOM. It's in the semiconductor space. Stock trades for. Uh, I think about 13 times its fiscal 22 earnings estimates. Uh, it has good operating momentum. Uh, it has pulled back from its high maybe about 20%. And then finally, you get a dividend yield of about 1.8%. So, you know, it really fits that that profile of a, of a growing company that you can buy uh, at, a, at a good valuation and, and get paid a decent dividend yield. And that that's a stock that I think is uh, one that we, we especially like right now. And we always talk about this making hay in these type of markets because this is where you get the deals. And when stocks move, as they always do eventually, or most of them, uh, to the upside, uh, that's where you make the the you know that bottom fishing. Uh, I always say you make hay in the in the down markets. Um, now, there is is there a concern that. You know, we are still bearish, according to the Dow theory, and there could be further downside. What do you put in place that kind of protects you from, you know, buying something and then it getting hit even more and then buying something? You know how that game goes. I've, I've been stuck. It does. I mean, I think, you know, some people like to use stops. I don't like, because I'm not smart enough to figure out where to put the stops and and, and it always seems every time I do that, wherever I put a stop, in other words, a, 
a price underneath the current price at which you're going to sell. I mean, sure, as I'm sitting here, Andy, it seems like every time I put that price there, the market just seems to <laughs> – the magnetic pull to that pulls it down, I get closed out, and then the stock goes back up. So I don't really – Tend to and really you get like, edged out by like a dime or a penny, or no, isn't that always how it happens? Oh, I, it happens. We happens, talk. Yeah. My, my boss and I talk about it all the time. We're just we'll, we'll we'll talk about you know our stops and stuff, and sure enough, we'll get kicked out of like positions that it's yeah, like literally ten up. cents and, 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 a dime. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and they always sound, you know that concept sounds great in theory, but I. I it's I never have never been one that we, you know has been really successfully implementing that. What what we do to kind of answer your question is is more at a macro level. We say, listen, you know, the, the Dow theory is is, is bearish. Um, there are still stocks out there that we want to own, um, but you know we're going to take some cash off the table, and we're going to do that by you know probably selling some of our you know stocks on the bubble some of our weaker sisters maybe trim some significantly overweight positions and raise some cash and maybe that means instead of being 100% invested we're more like 80 85% invested so you know we're not we're not you know we're not making a huge bet on market timing and and that's kind of how we control things and then if we go in and make a play on a stock like a Qualcomm you know our 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 defense, I guess, is that we're comfortable with the stock at its current price. We're really comfortable with valuation. So if it goes down, we're we're not, you know, we're we're, we're confident that's not a stock that's going to go down 50%. Unlike if you, you know, you buy some of those stocks that were really hotsy totsy stocks, but they didn't have any profits, and you know, it was your guess where they would bottom out. And, you know, you've seen some of those stocks go down 40, 50, 60, 70 percent. So we try to do that. And, then, and again, you know, if, if you're buying something and you get a, a, a yield that's a premium to the market, you know, that's one more thing that kind of might provide some downside support. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully we buy it at a price that we can live with. And, and yeah, the, the fact of the matter is most of the time when you're buying stocks during down markets, you know, you're, you're not going to pick the bottom. Um, you might get lucky, but chances are you're probably not going to be, which means, you know, you're probably going to buy a stock and it's probably going to go a little against you in the, in the short term. And, yeah, you're going to feel like a dummy. But hopefully, you know, six, 12 months from now, uh, you know, it's trading significantly above where you bought it. And that's kind of the mindset that investors need to have, because if you're sitting there with the mindset that you've got to spike a bottom buying these stocks, you're, you're you're never going to buy, quite frankly, because there's always reasons not to. So, um, you know, we try to protect ourselves by by focusing on the value side of it. Um, if you get some dividend, a little bit of dividend yield to help you out, that, that's great. And, you know, if the company, you know, hopefully the company still has operating momentum. We don't typically buy really wounded companies that are have really sold off. Now, we, we may miss opportunities, but we we typically don't buy companies with really bad operating momentum. And not necessarily a bad idea because, you know, I we use cliches all the time, but they always say you, you don't want to catch a falling knife. And a lot of times that, that those stocks that get beat down and there isn't the fundamentals there in the backdrop – they can go a lot harder to the downside. They can, because you don't, you know, there's nothing really, there's no there there to kind of stop them from going down. There, I mean, if they don't make any money and the fundamentals are weak. If, on the other hand, if you, you know, if you're buying something that might be off 20, percent but it has has pretty good operating momentum, it, you know, pretty 
good clarity on earnings and, and revenue growing, and you can buy that at a reasonable valuation, then yeah, I mean, you know, if if you buy it and it goes down a couple of points against you, you can live with that because you know, again, hopefully six twelve months down the road, uh, you know, that that'll be a nice holding for you. And so, yeah, we don't we don't really go for we're not trying to buy cheap stocks. Um, what we're trying to do is find companies again with good operating momentum that have pulled back and are trading at valuations that, that we can live with going in. They don't have to be dirt cheap. Um, they can be, they can be reasonable and, and uh, uh, that's when we'll buy them. And you know, a, a, a big theme as of late has uh, uh, lots of people talking about that shift from the high growth names that did so well for two years to value. Um, and that's kind of been this ongoing theme since the beginning of the year. Um, where do you see things? Uh, I, I just had a recent conversation where maybe growth has been overdone and uh, to the downside that is, and there may be a return or a snapback. Um, as far you know, putting the Dow theory aside, cause we know it's bearish, um, that theme, I know you hear about it all the time as well. Your thoughts and where are we at in that cycle? Because sometimes value can take hold for years, not months. So I just would love to get your take on that growth yeah, I, versus I, value I, story. I, I think there, you know, if, if somebody was looking to tilt a portfolio, tilting it on toward toward value, probably would would be a a, a better approach. Uh, now, you know, partly because. You know, growth has really outperformed value for much of the last decade, quite frankly. So, you know, the, 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 it, it got a little skewed there against value. Second, where I think this is an environment where value does matter uh, more so. Uh, and, and so, I, you know, I would be tilting a portfolio. Now, you know, remember, I use that term tilting. I didn't use, you know, back up the truck and go into value. I, I still think... You know, I'm kind of a barbell guy in a sense that I think, you know, at one end of the barbell, if you have growth stocks and at the other end of the barbell that you have, you have value stocks because there are going to be market environments when one one type performs better than the other. Um, and so, you know, why not own both? And and if, if you're going to tilt to one end of the barbell right now, probably tilting a little bit toward toward value probably would be the play, but I would not ignore growth uh, at this point, nor would I ignore value. And and on the value side, again, we're not looking to buy kind of the cheapest deep value stocks. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking to buy, you know, a stock like Qualcomm, which, you know, is, is, a, is a good growth stock, but I can buy that at 13 times or 2022 earnings estimates. And that's, that's really a value valuation, so to speak. So those are the types of value stocks that, you know, that we tend to kind of hope we can find and that's those are the types of value plays that i think will continue to do okay in this market environment we've been talking obviously a lot of domestic when that's you know the bulk of our focus but you know there are emerging markets it is another asset class um full disclosure when i uh use uh when i'm buying into emerging markets i always go with eem but uh, there's there's a bunch. That's the iShares um, MSCI Emerging Markets ETF. 
your thoughts on emerging markets if if you do dabble in them what uh vehicle do you use uh, are you familiar with eem yeah the eem is the eem is fine uh to to go into that market i know vanguard has an emerging market um uh, fund as well uh there are others out there I, you know it, it's interesting andy i mean you can kind of put international investing in that value camp because you know when you look at the the, the valuations of of international stocks international exchanges they, they tend to be valued cheaper than than the u.s so i kind of throw international in that value camp now i will interesting, say interesting so you, you see that as a value play so you think you, what so as when you're talking international stocks you look as that you look at that as more of a value play even than versus a growth absolutely yeah. absolutely okay. yeah and i think that they they will i think in market environments where value is working that tends to help them work and and in in situations where growth is really working and i, I don't think it's a coincidence and when you go look over the last 10 years and you look at how well growth stocks have done in the U.S. Uh, uh, and, and how value typically has lagged, uh, that lag lines up pretty clearly with what international has done versus U.S. over the last decade, too. I mean, if you didn't own any international stocks in the last 10 years, you didn't miss out on anything. Right. You know, and, and that's why you know, I was thinking going into this year that you know, if this was going to be a, be a better value environment, that that would be helpful on the international side. And I think to a certain extent that may be what has kind of thrown a bit of a monkey wrench though in the international side is the Ukraine-Russia situation and how that may impact uh, emerging markets and how, and, and the other thing that's kind of thrown a monkey wrench into emerging market investments is, is this whole mess with China and the delisting of Chinese securities and, and, and how that's going to filter through uh, you know, emerging market funds and things like that. So there have been kind of exogenous events that, that, that'll hamper a little bit, maybe the performance, but I think, yeah, I mean, if you're a value, if you, if you're tilting toward value, then I would put the international, uh, on, on the, in, on that value side of the ledger. And, and, and that is, would be one way to kind of tilt value. Is, do you think energy, you know, there's been a ton of talk and, and we saw it even much higher than it is now, but uh, there are some f really key things going on in the energy space well beyond even uh, Russia and Ukraine. Uh, and that's an important thing to make uh, that the uh, you, you take Russia, Ukraine out of the picture here. Uh, good chance energy's a lot higher. Um than it, you know, people have been used to uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, some dialing back of production and, and things going on here and, um, you know, it, some other geopolitical things. Um, but as as oil has kind of come back a bit and it's starting to float a little higher, your thoughts, is that has that run been made? No, I think there's still legs to that move. Uh, you know, and one of the reasons is, again, if you go back and look at, just how awful energy stocks were, you know, for most of the five years prior to to the last 12 months, um, they were they were awful. I mean, it, energy had become pretty much an afterthought in terms of its weighting in the S&P 500. I think it got down to you know two percent between two and three percent, and that was an that was a sector at one point. I know when I first started in this business, I think back in the 80s, you might have had 
you know, 19% of, of the S&P would have been energy-related stocks. So, you know, the fact that they had just gotten beaten up so badly in five years that they had become, become an afterthought, um, typically when those areas start to rebound, the, the rebound has some legs to it. I'm not saying it's it's five-year rebound, but I, I think, you know, I think there is still upside in that group. And, and the other thing that helps it is, you know, a number of the stocks in, in that group uh, – Pay pretty nice dividend yields, so so you know you you have one more reason for investors to be buying those stocks to get some income. So yeah, you know it, they're going to be volatile, uh, and we've seen that kind of volatility here because the price of oil bounces around. It's volatile, but I think you know the yeah. Do I expect oil to stay above a hundred dollars a barrel indefinitely? No, I don't. But can the Exxon's and Chevron's of the world do pretty nicely at eighty dollar barrel, eighty dollar oil? You betcha. And so that those kind of cash flows are going to translate to to higher dividends and, and more stock buybacks. And, and I think those are going to be helpful for those stock prices. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to one of my favorites in the space is ExxonMobil, ticker XOM. I mean, on top of a, a lot of potential, and we've had we've seen a run up in it as of late. The thing still throws like a four and a half percent dividend. So you're also getting paid to hold these stocks too, which is, is nice. Right. And, and, and that, you know, and again, that is one more reason that investors probably will continue to, to, to flock. You know, there was a time uh, where there was some question when Exxon was yielding, you know, seven to 8%, whether that dividend was secured, but, you know, they're generating so much cash flow right now because of the high price of oil, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the, that dividend is very comfortably covered. I mean, they're buying back stock again. And, uh, oh, you're telling so, me, you know. I mean, cause, cause the thing is it's four and a half percent now, but before, you know, six weeks ago or a little, you know, farther back, you're locking in a, like a 7% dividend yield. And, you know, once oh, exactly. you buy it, you, I'm like, for instance, my shares of Exxon, I'm locked in at a much higher yield than right now. And I was like, yeah, you know, is is this really safe? Because we've talked about it before. That is a warning sign when there's a really, really high uh, dividend yield for a stock that can, you know, indicate that there there may be a loss in share price or there's some other issues. But um, with the nice thing about Exxon is you got that yield locked in and the share prices moved higher. And, and wow, I mean, it's just I, I look at that that dividend and, and boy, that's that's a good uh, example of why when you have really, really good companies that have decent dividends and they're beat down a little bit. Uh, buying those shares because not only are you you looking for more growth, uh, you're getting a, a fat yield. I mean, that's that's almost yeah. Like the you best can pay while you wait for those stocks to come back, so it's a little bit more palatable to to you know if I if I got to sit with a stock a little bit um, and, and nurse kind of a recovery in that stock, it, it, you know, if I can make three four percent on my money while I'm waiting, um, especially in the low interest rate environment that we still exist in today, that's pretty good. So yeah, that 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 that's another reason why I think investor support will continue for a number of those stocks. All right, as we're wrapping up today's gains podcast, uh, what are your closing thoughts on both the Dow theory and where we're at? And uh, just give us your parting shots uh, this afternoon. Yeah, I think so. investors just need to be a bit patient. I I, I think a trait that. Uh, we all share is impatience and, you know, that fear of missing out and these types of rallies 
kind of generate that. But, uh, you know, I think you need to let this play out a little bit more, that there are factors out there that 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 could present significant headwinds for the market. And, and, and finally, watch the transports. The Dow Jones transportation average is usually the canary in the cold mine. So see if that can continue to behave and certainly hold above its February 23rd low. The longer it can do that, the better the stock performs. That is, that's a good harbinger for what the rest of the market. So that's the, watch the transports. All right. A big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Uh, Chuck is also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Give us that special website, Chuck, for the gains listeners, stuff that we like to to um, potentially buy. Yep. That website is UpsideStocks.com, and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial to our newsletter, Upside. That's UpsideStocks.com. All right. Outstanding. And hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. Our next Gains episode will drop Friday morning, and we will see you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.